Yo, 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 Melanated family. What's up, man? This is your brother Harrison back for another week. So check it out. A few weeks ago, a, a, a part of how I conduct interviews, or I like to call them conversations, I reach out to people in my community. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to a point where I interview people who you may view as a celebrity or big in society, but that's not really what it's about, family. It's about having detailed conversations with people in our community about what we can do to change, what we can do to inspire things. So I reach out to my people on Instagram, Facebook. I ask, hey, who y'all know that can come on the show, add some context, highlight what they do, inspire the family. A lot of people reached out, and this brother is one of the people that I got in contact with. So I'm happy today. This brother's from Sacramento. If y'all don't know, I'm from Sacramento, California. So on the show today, I got the brother Keezy, who's a musician. He is the creator of, of Groovy Tribes Clothing. So on today's show, we're going to talk to the brother. We're going to get it cracking. We're going to have a great conversation. You know what I mean? How you doing, Keezy? I'm doing good, brother. You know, it's just to see another day is a blessing. So, you know, you can't really complain. I mean, you that can't really complain. Yep. <laughs> and shit. Nobody care anyway, right? Like <laughs> Exactly. Ain't no, nobody cares. So it's like, hey, you just got to keep it grooving. Keep it moving. Nobody be, you know, nobody want to hear that. And like you just said, Keezy, I mean, the 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 sign that you have another shot at whatever you're trying to do is the fact that you woke up this morning. You know what I mean? Exactly. That means you got another shot at it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's going to so, be a grind, but hey, you know what I mean? You got the opportunity there, so it's all about perspective. It's everything is about perspective with everything going on today. So what I want to do first. Is because, of course, like I mentioned, you have a great clothing line that you're building. I listen to your music and the production and your clarity. That's solid. So we're going to get into that. But first thing I want to do is, like, get into your history and a little about you. So you from Sacramento like me, right? Yep. Definitely, definitely. So raised in Sacramento. And talk to me a little bit about um, your home experience. Because a part of my process and a, heart of, a, a part of the maturation that got me to where i'm at now is you know i have an organization about melanated fathers so it's about father mm -hmm. and community so i always like to talk to black men about the inception of their childhood like how they were actually raised so you're raised in rancho cordova which is in sacramento or a suburb of sacramento um talk mm -hmm. to me about your childhood keezy was it mom dad talk to me about oh i actually i had the esteemed pleasure to have both of my parents in my mm. household growing up for me um yeah, because I actually grew up with many kids that are, like, my very close friends. Some of them was, like, my brothers because, I mean, we blood couldn't make us any closer. But, uh, yeah, they didn't have both parents in the house or they only had a single-parent household. Me, I was privileged enough to have both, at least, to experience it for a bit. But, I mean, I did, I can say, majority of my life, I experienced a single-parent uh, household. Hmm. Wait, so that's okay. So that's interesting. So you had the opportunity of having a pops in the house and mm -hmm. seeing how that works and doing what a me and a lot of brothers in our community have had to have just moms. Because I always tell people, Keezy, just because you have a dad in the house, we we can't stop there. I mean, he has to be uh, really uh, relied upon. He has to be productive. He has to be because you can have a father in the house and he be a toxic individual and it don't be mm -hmm. a good experience. But you're saying you had your pops for a short amount of time or whatever. Then mm -hmm. it was your mom. So really, when you had your pops in the house, just real quick, was it a like a was it a positive experience? Looking back on it? Yeah, I would say for the most part, uh, just because of the fact of being a young black man growing up, you know, being taught to, first of all, love yourself in the skin that you're in, you dig? Because I would say there's probably many individuals, whether it's male or female, that they've experienced that, man, I don't, I don't even like myself in the sense of not wanting to be melanated. They want to be like a white person because mm -hmm. of their privilege. Mm -hmm. So... That was that that was very important for me growing up because uh, we had like our own side conversation about it. And I mean, yeah, you just, you know, developing a young man, even though, like you said, 
it was short lived. So I really did have to learn like a lot of stuff on my own. But thank yeah. God that I had mentors, though, at the same time. Definitely. Because I always tell people or, or, or single moms, rather, because I. At the end of the day, I think as men, we need to be leaders in our community and we need to mm -hmm. put ourselves in positions where we try our best Mm -hmm. to have our kids in the same house that shit don't happen all the time but that should be your intent like that should be your yeah. starting point but a woman yeah. raising a male it, it's difficult like it's so many different obstacles that a woman gonna have to go through to teach a yep. man how to be a man so a smart woman says a smart woman says immediately i'm going to look for uncles cousins coaches I'm going to look for men around to be yep. mentors because the, the energy that a man brings is something that kids need. You know what I mean? Yeah, a masculine energy. It, like, there's a reason why the masculine energy exists and the fem, uh, feminine energy exists. It's literally like yin and yang. It's supposed to balance each other out. So if it's only one-sided, especially like you said, being a mother and she's raising a man, she can only teach him so much, but he needs a male model figure to actually learn from as a man because she mm -hmm. can't teach him certain things that a man can. You dig? So, uh, yeah, it's really that simple. I, I don't care what anybody says. You can't even really argue that. There really are some things that a woman cannot teach a man because he has to soak up that knowledge and experience from Amen. And you know what, bro? Like the inception of everything that I'm doing today, Keezy, is based on my fatherhood experience, bro. So I have five kids. I had two kids mm. in, in high school, right? So I had two okay. kids in high school, two more kids three or four years later. So I'm 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 23 with four kids. Now I'm in their life and I'm trying mm. my best to be an upstanding person, but I'm a dude who didn't have a dad, so I don't know, I don't have a playbook. I'm a dude who didn't settle down with either one of these women. So I'm being irresponsible. You see what I'm saying? So I had to, it, it took me years to be like, all right, it was actually my fault. <laughs> it was trial and error, brother. That's all it really was. Trial and error. That's trial how all error. humans operate. Trial and error. But we have to, as men say, okay, I'm able to lead. I should be able to lead most situations, mm -hmm. even with the women I choose or the situations I choose, because at the end of the day, we should try to be in the same household, but you're right. You know what I mean? So something else I want to touch on with you. So talk to me real quick about the environment you grew up, uh, 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 you grew up in. So you grew up in Rancho Cordova. This is a city in our sac in our, uh, 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 a suburb of our city in Sacramento County. Talk to me about the environment. Like, was this a nice environment? Was there different things going on? Talk to me about that. I would say there's a balance because for me, anyone that has had a conversation with me um, or at least knows me on a more personal level that I tell people, look, plain and simple, I am not raised in the hood. I was raised around the hood. So I'm not game goofy. So there's a balance between, yes, had some suburb kind of like lifestyle to it. Nothing super preppy. But, you know, um, it wasn't like I lived in like Oak Park or like South Sac, mm -hmm. so to speak, because, you mm -hmm. know, people that come from South Sac, obviously you guys can speak on how the lifestyle in South Sac is, which is, mm -hmm. I would say, really not the greatest for the mm -hmm. most part. Yeah. So, but like any other city, you know, it has its suburb kind of part where it's like, it's on the edge. That's that was where I was raised at. I was like on the edge where I've got to experience some of my cousins, you know, being very active in the streets, you know, game banging and the whole shebang. And then on the flip side, I have another side of the family where they're not so street book smart, very intelligent. Uh, they can articulate themselves in a very professional manner. So, yeah, I have the best of both worlds, not only just really in my family but the environment that i was raised around in too mm. so that's how it's always been for me and that everybody listening is actually a really good thing be so <laughs> and i talked about this on a couple uh videos ago 
being raised in an environment where there's no resources, the the housing and the structures of the buildings in which you're looking at is dilapidated. This is actually dysfunctional. This shouldn't be a thing like to be um, to be prideful of coming from a certain area is one thing. But we need to understand that. I always tell people, Keezy, being a quote unquote square, which I would call myself, this is okay in our society. Like the hood environment, if you had to be raised there, cool. If you had to do things in this environment to live or whatever, speak on your truth. But all too often, we glorify the hood life in our environments and where we're raised. And we should be comfortable with being a reader, someone who wants to be a scientist. We, all of these things are black people. You know what I mean? So I, don't I mean, know. that's what we were doing originally, but you know, yes. some people don't have that knowledge, which is that's true. Okay. But someone has to expose you to the information to mm. where, when, you know, obviously when we talk about the school system uh, and especially with social media nowadays, it's so powerful where we get to see people from around the globe, especially that look like you and I that come from different, you know, suburbs or different hoods that their experience, especially going to school, because all the curriculums, it's it's by the government, but we have similar experiences where, okay, maybe one school, they probably went into depth in black history. Probably the vast majority did not. We Probably one school, okay, we learned about this, but I asked them, like, hey, you didn't learn about this? No, nah, we didn't learn about that. So, you know, it's very interesting to see the point of views that we have from other people because, like I said, we were the original scientists, philosophers, mathematicians, yep. like the whole shebang. But a lot of people don't know that, and that's okay. Once you get exposed to the information, you start to feel different. You carry yourself mm. in a different kind of manner because think of it like this. As melanated people, why is it that we go through so much bullshit? Why is that? Because if you are a person in power and you strip away my history, my history of myself and who I really am, and you throw all these distractions at me constantly, I mean, you got to think of it. It, it. It's quite genius. Like, it's <laughs> fucked up, but it's quite genius at the same time that you throw all these distractions to keep me numb so i don't even try to seek the knowledge because my attention span is going to be short i'm distracted by this i'm distracted by that oh that looks nice oh they're talking about this and this and that you dig what i'm saying so mm -hmm. uh not to say those things aren't like nice in some mm -hmm. uh way shape or form but you gotta have i guess you could say somewhat of a solid foundation of of self because that knowledge of self is really powerful and there's a reason why they have us in this plan the way that like i said keeping us distracted mm -hmm. they don't want us to know they don't want us to start to like see past the the smoking mirrors and the yep. lies that they've constantly threw in our face constantly mm -hmm. and we believe it because it's repetition like mm -hmm. anything else, once you keep repeating it, okay, now it's like second nature. You already know what that is because you've learned that, okay, out of sight, out of mind. But when you get exposed to something different and it's the actual truth of the matter, then it's like, yo, wait, you mean to tell me this is what really happened and what they told me was a lie? Yes. <laughs> All of Bro. it is a lie. Like, Bro. man. So, Keezy, so the, the the biggest reason why I'm sitting in front of you guys today, and I've said it on several shows, I'm going to have to keep saying it because it's so prevalent. The reason why I'm sitting in front of you guys today, young black man, urban community, everybody around me selling drugs, family, brothers, everybody doing it. Everybody's reproducing. Everybody's having hella kids. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a part of this environment. The reason that my mindset shifted is because of our history. Some people that I know in our community, what 
they may find religion to make them like a better person or a person who begins to think a different way. For me, it was our history, bro. I began to look at our history and I was like, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. So you mean the crack epidemic wasn't all our fault? Whoa, I'm I'm because I got uncles, aunties, cousins. That crack shit hit Keezy and they went from being upstanding citizens to now we got to watch their babies. Now Damn. we got to watch them because they might steal something. This shit just changed. You know what I mean? So it was really a, a, a tidal wave that really came in, like washed everything out. You know what I mean? Even though I didn't live through that era. So my, um, my, I guess, point of view of it will be, or experience so what uh somewhat is gonna be through you know movies and tv mm -hmm. shows because mm -hmm. they're gonna paint it in a way of obviously because people that experience that that's their way of okay like john singleton with uh what was it what's that show called snowfall snowfall yes when i got to see and we're talking about just in california because obviously he come from la so to see in the perspective of how hard the crack epidemic really hit the black community is crazy. Cause I could watch all the documentaries all day, but even with the TV shows, they may, you know, for dramatic reasons, they may yeah. hype stuff up just a tad bit for entertainment, obviously. But still, it's like, yo, and this is why me personally, like I said before, about my way of living or the way I was raised was, okay, I have the best of both worlds. Because you have one set of black people that would be like, hey, why are you selling drugs? The other half, bro, I'm trying to survive. I'm trying to eat out here. I'm trying to get this money because we're on, on Section 8 and food stamps and whatnot, and we don't have a lot of resources. I am the person in the middle where I have an understanding of both worlds. Hmm. You on the other side that is in the suburb life, I'm not going to say that is necessarily a bad thing, but you're just ignorant. You just don't understand and you do not know. You are privileged and praise to you that you got to experience a different lifestyle that this other side didn't. Your parents did right, and that's great. I'm never going to, like, uh, downplay anybody that is trying to do better for themselves, especially the parents want to do better for the children. That's mm -hmm. as you should be. If you're going to be a parent, you want to uh, give them things that you didn't have and give them an experience that you probably never got to experience at their age. That is great. But at the same time, the way you think, I'm not going to judge somebody because they had to sell – you know, some weed or they had to push some weight. They didn't have resources. Why do you think that they had to do that? They didn't have the same opportunities like you have mm -hmm. at all, especially yeah, in the environment that they're in. Their environment mm -hmm. that they live in is very violent as mm -hmm. opposed to you living in a gated community. Yeah. Like, come on now. Yeah. And, and the crack era was, it was, it was traumatic to see a woman Casey, who work for the state. I'm going to give you an example. This is just several people in one who work for uh, the state, making a lot of money, raising her two sons. Uh, Healthy sons. The sons are respectful. Her house is nice. She may be a woman who looked good to a young man who looking like, hey, Miss Marsha, whatever. Uh, in a year's time, you see her. She's skinny as hell. She's selling one of her son's Nintendo to you. And you see, as kids, we seeing her laughing, but I'm thinking back now, the transformation that this shit did to our community was amazing. You know what I mean? So everything we say is on point, bro. So I wanted to get back to you for a minute. So talk to me about, because I read something that said you started making music um, at an early age. Talk to me about that process. And I want to know, was it hip hop? Was you like into singing? Tell me the type of music that- Okay. Yeah. So for me, I mean, I grew up around music, you know, listening to Michael Jackson, James Brown, because I, I grew up in an old school household. So from my grandparents, you know, my, my grandfather, he listened to blues, blues music and jazz. And then 
my grandmother, she listened to like, you know, funk. So my parents, my dad, he listened to a lot of, you know, old school West Coast music. So growing up on hip hop, obviously my mom listened to like Neo Soul and whatnot. My first love was hip hop. And the first song that really kicked it off for me was Naughty by Nature, Hip Hop Hooray. That was Mm -hmm. the very first song that I fell in love with. And I Mm -hmm. loved hip hop ever since then. And how I got into writing music was my older cousin, his friends and himself, they will do freestyles, you know, little ciphers and whatnot. And I like kicking it with my older cousin, obviously. So they're freestyling and whatnot. I thought I was doing something back then. Obviously, it was trash when I look back on it. But I was, you know, I was very intrigued by it and was, you know, having fun with it. And then fast forward to what is it? I want to say my sixth grade year in middle uh, elementary school, and a friend of mine, he was in fifth grade. We did the talent show. Everybody, you know, experienced that little talent show at school. My homeboy and I, because I had a thing for singing too. Like R and B is really my thing. Even though I love rapping, but R and B is really my thing. So, him and I did a song by what was it? By Mario called "Let Me Love You." Classic, yeah. you feel me? Yeah, Classic. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we did that song. As soon as we got off stage, there's a back door. Okay, we go out through the back door, and then there's another door that connects to outside. We go out that door. As soon as we get outside, a group of girls comes running up to us like, oh, my God. Ah! I was like, yo, like, what the hell is going on? I look at the homie. Like, bro, like, I'm over here, like, low-key startled by them because they literally came out of nowhere, like, running at us, like, sprinting. And they wanted our autograph. Ever since then, since that day, I fell in love, like, oh, yeah, bro, I like performing. I'm I'm about to start writing music, bro, because that right there, I can get used to that. And it pretty much was, like, standing up from there. I did my first song. At the age of 13, with a, a different older cousin of mine and his friend, they had a studio. I did my first song with them. Uh, and at the time I was in middle school, MySpace was out. Anybody that is old enough to experience MySpace, you know, MySpace was a thing back in the day. And when I released that song, or actually it was the homie song, when he released that song and I promoted it on MySpace, Everybody was like, yo, you rap? Yeah. But that was the first song, though. And at the time, Hypey Movement was out. It was slapping. Everybody was like, hey, this is going crazy. Like, okay. Okay, I see you. And, yeah, ever since then, I've been just trying to be consistent all through the years because I also did sports. So it was kind of a hard balance. Hmm. But, yeah, other than that, music has been my, like, my sole passion. Next thing you know, doing sports. I love sports. Mm-hmm. But music is really just, it's a different feeling. Like, especially you as an artist, you get to display not only your feelings, your point of views, but sometimes it's not you expressing yourself. You're sometimes speaking for other people because certain conversations I've had with people, they tell me secrets. Yeah, I never told anyone. Like, or told the other individual that they probably were speaking on or whatever the case may be. Sometimes that was an inspiration for me writing like a whole new song. And mm-hmm. I speak for them because they can't speak on those certain matters. I did mm-hmm. in a song. That's dope. That's dope. And when I hear, because I love hip hop being I'm, I'm 41 Keezy, but I'm still raised in the hip hop generation. That's pretty much the primary type of music that I listen to. So I'm always following who's coming up, who's new. Mm-hmm. A lot of the younger dudes, I mean, I I pick and choose because some yeah. of it is just a little bit unrelatable to me. But it's interesting that you say that. I'm I'm saying all that to say the fact that you started so young. We have a lot of hip-hop artists today who, or just musicians sometimes, who pick it up late. Like, I'm doing this just to get money type of thing. And uh-huh. do you, but I'm... I'm interested in the musicians, the people who are more seasoned. And 
your music sounds like it. Like you can kind of hear the experience in the love in it. You know what I mean? So tell me like musically, because I see that you're a poet too. So like, what's your goal in music? Keezy, are you looking to do some major record label shit or are you more independent? Tell me like the main- I would say independent. For sure, independent, just because now in this day and age that we get to see the power in owning your masters and just really ownership, mm-hmm. period, point blank, that history has shown us a lot of these great artists that we love, whether it was watching documentaries, uh, what is that show on uh, TV one? Uh, Unsung. You know, I was just thinking that as you were talking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, True Life. All these these shows, they put on display on all these celebrities or um, artists that we've grown to know and love. We get to hear the backstory of what was going on behind the scenes. It makes you think. Even back then, like when we go back to like Sam Cooke. Mm-hmm. Even when we go that far back, hell, James Brown was the first one to own a jet, uh, a private jet mm-hmm. back in what was it, the 60s? Mm-hmm. So it's like the power that we have as artists, especially melanated artists, let's be honest here, that we get to speak our truth through our music, through literally through sound. And it's just. It's just really powerful, bro. Like, I, I can't really say much else about it. Like, it's just no, really that's powerful that we get to really talk about our life experiences through sound. And literally, we were the ones that created hip-hop. Yes, we, we, we created hip-hop. We created music. And once you were talking about, like, how we were treated in the 60s, the first thing I thought was unsung because I love that show. But after a while, I was talking to my girl by the keys. He like, every group on this show Mm-hmm. got fucked over in their record deal it, it it may have been two or three that didn't but i don't like the 20 something shows i've seen the theme was the same the mm-hmm. record companies are really about taking ownership and they say hey i put this out for you i'm gonna own it but as we see the independence is abundant now and now i think it's really a choice you're making because before it was like okay the only outlet I have to put out this music is through these big corporations. Now, yeah, because they gave you a loan up front. That's really what it was. They know you don't come yep. from money. You've never seen that much money ever in your life. Yep. That's how they got you. Because yep. you're thinking of the money aspect. That's fine. I'm I'm not gonna downplay that because they they had to try to figure something out, and mm-hmm. that was their ticket. That mm-hmm. was the way to try to start. But along the way, yeah, they they got fucked over uh, because they sided on a dotted line because. They didn't know. They, didn't, they know. didn't know what they really signed off on. That they or the label owns their masters. Mm-hmm. They could make way more money by owning the masters because we're talking about they're gonna own your masters like for life. Yeah, for the yeah, for the most part. Unless yeah. you pay for it, you know, mm-hmm. you buy your way out of a contract. Mm-hmm. It they have some real cold, you know, slick contracts. From back in the day, even till now, even even till now, yeah, even till now, it's it still goes on with a lot of artists, and I feel like independent is hard. I am not gonna lie to no one. The independent route is very hard, but I feel like it's just more promising because you never know what song pops. It's just like Mm -hmm. when we are on social media. If you post a video, like a funny video or something like that. And it goes viral. You never know. That's true. It literally just pops from there. Now yeah. everybody wants to know, like, who is this person? Mm-hmm. They want to go back to, you know, their page to see what they're about. So if you've already released a, a plethora of music, a whole catalog full of music, but that one song popped off, somehow it just hit. Now you have a whole fan base or a whole new fan base, I should say, because you probably had fans, you know, as you were coming up, mm-hmm. but that one song that pops off, now you have a whole new fan base that's going to start flooding to you and go back to listen to your work because they like how you sound and the song hit. Yeah, I want to see if there's more music I can listen to now. You know what? It's funny that you say that, bro. I was going to say something else, but I actually want to address this because you kind of spoke to things I go through now, being in the space that I'm in, meaning... Mm-hmm. I have to do my show and I do it on YouTube and then I 
put out the audio, but I make clips of the show for Instagram, yeah. for Facebook. I'm I'm big on that, and it helps. I put out a lot of clips. You never know what's going to happen. A couple of them have went viral, like 35, 50,000 views, and I'm like, I don't remember. Let me look at it again, and I look at it again, and I'm like, y'all like that one? I I was really going in right here, you know what I mean? But that's not how the internet works. It's what people gravitate to and viral everybody. Yeah. I'm yeah. learning what viral means, really. And, and I'm going to try to make this sound as positive as possible. But what I learned, Keezy, is once the numbers get to a certain point, mm-hmm. we have a generation full of people who, how can I say it nicely, or or, or, or followers, or, or, or they grasp onto what's popular so they'll Mm -hmm. grasp onto something simply because they see that a lot of people like it they may hear it themselves and kind of like it too but people are attracted to things that other people like things that they see yeah stuff that is trending yes you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah definitely now so what i want to talk about so we talked about your music uh, whether you want to go independent or have a record label. And again, everybody, after, before the show is over, we're going to give you directions on how to listen to his music. But being a 41-year-old man who has listened to hip-hop since the 80s, I'm really clear on what I'm listening to, you know what I mean? And he's a musician. Like, the, the sonically, it sounds great. So we'll make sure we introduce you guys to that. Now, you created a clothing line um, called Groovy Tribe, right? Mm-hmm. Now tell me, like, give me, give me the reason for the name. Man, I actually had a a different name, and I don't even remember the name. But I had a different name, and my sister and I, we were just having a conversation because she knew at the time I was working this job. I wanted, I want more for myself because it's like the job is cool, got benefits, I get paid okay, you know, no. uh Worries there because it's consistent pay, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yo. But because of the pandemic, it made the job harder. And it was just like getting to me, no lie. I may have not spoke on it at the time with my girlfriend, but it was just like, man, it, it's draining. And this, mind you, this was like my first job where it's like more labor work. Hmm. And I'm not scared of no labor. I'm not scared of no work. But it was just like, yo, like, this is real taxing to my body, though. And the district managers that I had, you know, they're probably, I think, maybe around, like, your age, mm-hmm. if not, like, a tad bit older. But they've been there for a minute. And us young dudes, you know, we got energy. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not about to be doing this for, like, the rest of my life. And then, you know, working my way up the ladder kind of thing. Like, I got to put maybe uh, uh, two years in, then I get promoted. Like, nah, bro, I'm not doing all that. Nah. Like, hell nah. Y'all got me twisted. But like I said before, I'm not scared of hard work either. I'm Mm -hmm. not. So, needless to say was, I just wanted something different. I wanted more for myself. And understanding that we live in America. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. America is a business. Yes, from first. government, politics, school. Everything's a business. Mm-hmm. Everything. You just have mm-hmm. to pay attention. Like, not as a consumer, just to consume whatever the the product is. But everything's a business. We are privileged enough to live in a country to where you even have the opportunity to start a business, even if it doesn't end up being super successful. Third world countries don't have that. True. We do. So why mm-hmm. not try it? So I started my business, um, like I said, through conversation, and the name just came about. Uh, my sister said, I, I think I said something in the lines of, I said groovy, and then since she knows me so well, I'm all about you know, knowing your roots and where you come from, being proud of it, yada, yada, yada. So she said tribe. And I just put the two words together and it just became groovy tribe. And it just, I said it to myself a few times because, you know, when you say something, you like, you try to get used to it because it's a new idea, but then it had a ring to it. I'm like, ugh, okay, yeah, groovy tribe. That's that's what we're going to do. That's the name. So that's how that came about. That's, that's dope, bro. And what you're saying is, 
where everyone should get in America. Like everybody listening to me, look, I, I always say I'm never going to bash a brother or anybody who has to get a job. I don't. Yeah, not at all. Paying your bills and being responsible enough to say I'm going to do what I have to do to feed the people around me and myself. That's honorable. But mm -hmm. the, the true meaning and happiness in life, this is my opinion, family, has to come from inside. So you have to fill your time. You, you're going to get to a point where you have to fill your time with something that you're passionate about, something that at the end of the day, you may not even be doing it for money. You you have a goal and a vision of something that you want, and there has to be things to happen to get you there. That journey to me, is what life is about. Most people that I know that have a job, I know a few people who have a job, Keezy, but it's like their dream. Like it's a job, but it's something they always wanted to do. That's a perfect combination. That shit don't happen all the time. A lot of times, people find themselves in a position as adults, look around, I need a job. What am I qualified for? I need money. Give me the job. And that's cool. Get your money. But you need to find something that's yours. You know what I mean? You need to find something that drives you every day and something that you're passionate about. Because I was, before I started doing what I'm doing now, because I'm a mobile notary, I do everything I do online. You know, my family have some other businesses, but I worked at a company and I was a company man, meaning I worked at Verizon Wireless. Shit, I'll just put it out there. When we dropped a new phone, I was like, shit, we dropped a new phone. 401k was popping. Checks every month was popping. I'm I'm company. You see my badge. I smile. Like, yeah, I work there. Well, they asked moved to Texas <laughs> and got rid of all of us and told us within 15 minutes, like, yeah, uh, we leaving next week. What y'all want to do? And it hit me like, Damn, oh, like that. <laughs> dude, we we move into Texas. You can take this money, you can move with us, or you can we can just shake hands and part ways. But the point is how they did it was so business-like. It was so, and it hit me like, all right, what do I need to do for myself? Because I already got five kids at this point. So I've been spending all this time being a parent and focusing on that. That kind of brought me here. Like, okay, I'm just a number. <laughs> just like our brothers in the pen. Like at the end of the day, you're disposable. You know what I mean? So my, and, and I have sons that are 23 and 24. So what you're saying is what my sons say. Like, look, I know I got to work. I got to figure that part out, but I don't want to be here for no 30 years. And I'll be telling them, keep that mentality because you you can end up working at a job and you tell yourself, I ain't going to be here a long time. That's not how life works. If you're not focused and have a plan, you're going to wake up seven years later, same job. Just now you frustrated. Now you mad at the customers. Now you do. Now you do the shit where you get home and you complain. This this is not just good for your psyche, but this ain't good for your health. Like you can really become a sick person based on stress and going into an environment that you don't want to be in. You know what I mean? So everything mm -hmm. you're saying is on point, bro. You you're a little younger than me, but that's a great mentality. So how's everything been going? Like with the clothing line, are you are you prospering in it? Do you have a is your spirit still high in it? You know what I mean? Talk to me about that. Right now, I can say, well, business is slow. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I'm always open to ways to how I can just promote my business even right now on this there platform. Yep. But there you go. starting off, you know, it's just trippy because me being an artist, I've got to see how people move, right? When I make music and I promote before this is before the pandemic, I got shows, I'm opening up for this person, that person, yada yada yada. And I understand people have lives, you know, they go to school, they got these jobs they got to get up super early in the morning for, or they work overnight. Trust me, I understand. Duh, we all got a life. I, I can understand that. So whoever can make it, definitely slide. So I've got to see how people were moving. Like, okay, probably, basically not a lot of people, I can say, has came to my shows, right? Mm. But when I opened a business it was different it was like a lot of people were like oh yo like that's dope woo, 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 woo. like damn y'all didn't show that same energy when, when i'm out here really grinding oh because you think i'm like these other artists you probably didn't really ever listen to my music but you're aware that i make music 
but when you listen to it, you're actually blown away by, like you said, the quality, the artistry. And it's like, yo, yeah, I put in 10,000 hours into this. And I'm going to still keep putting my time into it, to be honest with you. Like, I'm still a student of the game. I'm never going to be the teacher. I may know some things I can teach, but I'm not the teacher, though. I'm still a student to the game. Mm. Even with clothing, it's still a new uh, business venture, but I'm learning things along the process of how to grow my business on top of, like, right now, in my business, I'm trying to get funding. That's all it really is. I'm at the point now, because I've been funding it myself, I need funding. OPM, I need to use other people's money mm-hmm. to scale it up to where, because people have requested, oh, jackets, sweatsuits, women, booty shorts, tank tops, things of that nature, you know, socks, drawers. Yes, these are already in mind. But I need to get this paper first in order for me to do that. Mm-hmm. Once I have it. the paper in my possession, once that bag is secured, or you're gonna see like a whole new wave of stuff. Like it's gonna really be a wave because it's gonna be like, damn, he really came through out of nowhere with a whole bunch of new inventory, a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, and it's gonna be grade A quality because I worked in retail, so I've absorbed knowledge based off of you know how to sell managing um even looking at the product itself placement of where the logo may go or a design on the front small on the chest the back some right here some on the sleeve you dig and i have and i've always been an artistic kid because um only few people know this but as a kid growing up i used to draw I used to, you know, draw anime characters. I used to do portraits. It was really, you know, God-given. I was never taught. I really just drew, and I got super good at it, but I actually took classes to, you know, structure it to have a better foundation, to learn technique. But for the most part, yeah. So utilizing that on top of being an artist and combining the two, I create my business because if the if the business, or not if, but when the business, you know, escalates, the music is going to carry right behind it. They're going to already want to buy into the brand because they like the brand. They like the quality. They like the way it looks, the way it feels, you know, the feature functions and stuff of that nature. Mm-hmm. You know what? The music carry right, right behind it. You know what? That's the, you know what, bro? What what I would tell you about that, Keezy? Hearing everything you're saying, reading everything about you and looking at your clothes, hearing the music. The, the only thing you can do right now to like blow all of this shit to like guarantee this shit don't pop off is stop. That's the, that people don't realize like when you're starting something from a creative space, business space, creative space is kind of the same thing. Yeah, There's a definitely. journey and a grind that you have to endure, bro. And your mind got to be prepared to say like you, everything you saying is what somebody got to say. No, this is the next step. Okay, this ain't working. Okay, this is the next step. Okay, this ain't working. Okay, that's the next step. Like you, you have to keep going and being innovative and listening and learning. But anything worth it, like they always say, anything really worth it, that shit ain't gonna be easy. I'll be thinking about like (laughs) everything I'm doing. I'll be thinking, like, damn, let's say a year ago when I first started the talking part of everything I do, if I would have just blew up and got hella money, and I'm thinking. I would have not only blown the money, but I would have ruined the opportunity because I wasn't ready. You got to get to a position where the opportunity meets preparation. So you just keep preparing, keep preparing, keep preparing. But what people do. Nipsey Hussle said that. Yeah, yeah. Nipsey said it best, for sure. You know what I mean? Because what people do, bro, is they say, this shit too hard. I got to go to work. I got a kid. I got to take care of. Which that's life, but you gotta grind. You know what I mean? That's the cards that you're dealt with. Like, yeah. Are you gonna just sit there and complain about it, or are you actually gonna just still keep it moving and grooving? Mm-hmm. Like, that's just what it is. Like for me, I've always been working, and not to bash anybody that goes to an honest job. Y'all keep doing y'all thing for sure, for sure. I commend y'all. I salute to you. Hats off to you. 
But for me personally, I hate working. I'm actually over it. I would rather work for myself and stress on that level than me to stress about something, even though that company may be giving me good money. But I'd rather stress on something that's mine rather than something that isn't mine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's just me. That's just the way I think. Somebody may, you know, try to combat that. That's fine. That's cool. But me personally, or anyone that may think like me and feel the same way, I'd rather stress on something that's mine rather than something that isn't mine. Mm -hmm. For real. Cause that's real, bro. I, <laughs> like, me stressing for something that's mine, there's power in that. This is something I can do whatever with. At either at the drop of a dime, with just one word, a phone call, I can do whatever. Because mm -hmm. it's me. It's not because it's somebody else. Somebody else dictates it, not I. I may have some form of power in my little position that I'm at, mm -hmm. but if I'm that guy, I'm, I'm the one that's cre that created all of this, I get to say so. No one else yeah. does. Do Or am I open to other people's input? Of course. I'm not closed-minded. I am open to other possibilities, for sure, to try to help elevate the business or do something different yeah i'm open to it but at the end of the day it's still my say so though mm -hmm. in the country that we live in it's for all races of people now especially us i mean we we go through specific issues so if shit if the country got uh got a cough shit we got the we got the flu like anything the country is going through we end up getting the worst end of the stick but in general this country wants you to be a sheep like like this country wouldn't thrive if the majority of the people just followed what the government said followed what the masses said and that's working bro that's any any race of people the the working man's mentality is where they want you to be that's why they remove they block out information they don't give you information about stocks and real estate and how to do shit that's why school we need school like school is a tool it's you essential we can, it, it's a tool to get you where you want to go, but it's kind of bullshit. Like, you should be learning how to do a checkbook. You should be learning about stocks in school. You should have a should learn financial literacy. And they not going to teach you that because then you can't work for them. You ain't finna be going to McDonald's to get a job if you know that. You know what I mean? Yeah, because the information is powerful. What they're teaching you is to literally have to be a high-functioning person in society on top of being a very responsible individual. Like, I had this conversation two nights ago with a, uh, a friend of mine. It was myself and two other friends. We was like, if all three of us can own a prison, prisons make money. Mm -hmm. They make money off of each person that comes in. That's a business. Like mm -hmm. I was saying earlier in the conversation, everything is a business in America. Prison, the news, the government itself, mm -hmm. all of it is a business. All of it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we are privileged enough to have the opportunity to open a business. Just mm -hmm. the privilege alone. So it's all about perspective for me because people be like, oh, wait, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Yes, it's going to be hard as hell. Like even right now, I'm going through it. I'm going through the process right now. But I know at the end of the day, because many people that I went to school with or grew up with that have got to experience being in my space, and they're like, man, I could see you being on TV because of like my personality and then like my talents that I have. They're like, yeah, I, I can see you being famous. And now being older, I'm like, look, anyone that says that, how you think I'm gonna get there though? Support. <laughs> like, it's not like I'm literally just gonna be just famous. Even though mm -hmm. there, I'm not gonna lie, in this generation, there are people that are literally famous for no damn reason, like at all. Yeah. True. They don't have no talent. They don't have no skill. They're famous for literally nothing. Mm -hmm. And I don't get it. But mm -hmm. hey, it is what it is. Yeah, but you got to keep me, following. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but for me, like I said, how do you think I'm going to get there? Support. The more people that buy into my product, the more people listen to my music and even spread it. Like, you know, you could be playing it around the homies and they're like, yo, who is that? Oh, yeah, this is one cat, Uh, you know. Um, me from SAC, whatever, woo, woo, woo. And bam, it's it's a uh, a ripple effect from there. Hmm. It's going to start to spread. And that's all I'm trying to do. 
if you support the message, you support the ideas and what I'm trying to do. And also, I want to be able to, within my business, is to teach other entrepreneurs to how to get there. Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I'm the average entrepreneur. I'm not because I also do music. Mm. So I'm still going to be doing that. But I'm going to teach you how, at least how it worked for me and how I got to this point. I'm going to teach others how to get there. That's dope. Because like you said, the, I guess you could say the, the 1%, the information, mm-hmm. they're not putting out the information. And why do you think it, that is? Because that wealth gap? will start to close. It's the reason why it's called the 1%. It's not two, three, four, or five. It's the one. Yep. Yep. And I don't, so that's why I understand the survival mentality it, from any group of people. Like we have our problems in the black community, but white people struggle. Shit. Asian people struggle. Everybody has a struggling class of people, but that's, you, you have to realize that they want you to be a product. They want you to be a consumer. And everybody doesn't have the wherewithal to open a business. I mean, it's shit's hard. That's why most yeah. Americans have a job. Some good job, some bad job. But you, the more you make, the more you spend. They they know this. That's why the credit card companies, let, let your credit get kind of cool. Let you get a new job. Let you get a new car. Them credit card companies come like, come on, it's our turn. Man, let her, let yeah, especially when you got good credit, they'll out the wazoo. They come out of nowhere and start sending you stuff. Yeah, like, then it'd be <laughs> shit. It'd be appealing, you know what I mean. So yeah. I have a couple more questions for you, bro. So being that you are a musician and you're in hip hop, and we think a lot alike, like tell me, what's your take on, um, like the the violence in hip hop? Now I'm the caveat is because people people be coming at me when they take sound bites. I understand why the ghettos are the way they are in America. I get it. Like I'm, I'm well-versed in our history and how all of this shit formulated, but mm-hmm. accountability, personal accountability always has to be involved. So being always. someone who makes music, being someone who makes music, how do you feel about the, some of the young rappers speaking almost death into, into their existence? They talk about it. The shit actually happens. Like what's your perspective on how all these things unfold that's a very good question i will say i mean because like many great artists that came before me they like i have a poster of nwa right here so i'll use them as an example when they were making music when they were relevant you know people had something to say about their music like oh my gosh it's so graphical yeah all this other stuff they spoke on their reality like that was the life they they are not probably speaking for themselves of what they were doing, but they're speaking on what's going on around them. Mm-hmm. The neighborhoods that they stayed in. Like, it's ugly. It's real ugly out here. And we're just going to express ourselves. But also, for the ones that do talk about violence and they, you know, they may be some gang members or whatever. Okay. Bruh. R.P. to Slim 400 and many other people. That street life is going to come back. It's going to come back and bite you in the ass. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Now, if you was really active in doing things in the streets, okay, and you found an opportunity for you to really get more money and you elevated your mind and your pockets, cool. Kudos to you, my brother. But there are going to be people that's going to hate. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be like, oh, because, woo, woo, woo. you know, I, I don't understand the mentality. I don't care to try to understand it at a point i wanted to but then it was like nah it 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 hurts my brain because it's like it will never make sense to why y'all hate so hard Mm. but my mission is to employ my people period point blank now will i have other races Uh, yeah of course but for the most part the mission statement is i'm employing my people Mm -hmm. because there's power in that i want for the younger generation to see that a person that looks like them that maybe have went through what they're currently going through that they made it out and they're doing, you know, pretty well for themselves and employing their people. And mm-hmm. we got to keep the cycle going because I don't want to see like, there, there's really no reason why there should be violence at all, but not to go too deep. Go ahead. <laughs> but 
the way America is set up, people say, yeah, the system is broken. No, the system is not broken. The system is working exactly the way it was intended. Definitely. That's what it is. Yep. It was designed a certain way for us to probably think, oh, it's broken. No, it is designed exactly the way it was intended and it's operating perfectly. That was their plan. Yep. We tried to fight for, you know, to make everybody equal and yada, yada, Mm -hmm. yada. And even then, it seemed like it uh, it transforms every probably couple of years. It's always something a little different, Mm -hmm. but the idea is still alive to keep people oppressed. That's that's real shit, bro. And I'm I'm sensitive to what because, of course, I love the genre of hip hop, but people see the young hip hop artists killing each other. I did a video the other day where like since the inception of hip hop, Keezy has been like 90 some odd rappers that have died. Seventy seven of them was from murder. Right. So people say people look at that. And they make different assertions. They may say, damn, why are they killing each other? What's going on? And they need to stop. Well, no. The media will make you think hip-hop is violent or or our neighborhoods are violent because of hip-hop. Where in actuality, hip-hop is violent because of our neighborhoods. So if you want to stop the violence in hip-hop, you got to go to the root of the problem and fix the issues. And they Thank don't know you. what the fucking issues are. Come on. Thank you. Look, Keezy, I said it a couple of days ago. If young pop artists, young male white 18-year-old pop artist was killing each other, like shooting each other in the head, bam, every other week, the world would probably stop. Nigga, when I say stop, I mean not just marching. Your TV finna go black. Like, come here right now. We got to talk about this shit. Our babies, our future, are they'd be hitting us from all kind of angles. So, you know what Chicago doing. I think y'all letting that shit pop off in Chicago. Chicago is actually going to be like, Chicago, Chicago. Everybody, listen to me. Chicago, top one, two segregated cities in America. The top one or two segregated cities in America. If you didn't know this, let me tell you, white people do not live around black people newsflash. In large numbers, we don't live around each other like that. There's a couple cities in America where they really don't live around each other like that. In yeah. Chicago is one of those cities. So it's a bloodbath. One, it'd be out here like a hundred deaths in a weekend. I say, you mean someone allowed there to be a hundred deaths in a weekend? So we should hear about a hundred arrests, or we should hear about new programs that's gonna this is alarming. These are like fucking army numbers. So they allow it to happen. So I love my brothers, but we need to learn how to navigate around this system. We need to quit speaking death into our existence and i said that earlier and what i mean by that family is if you talk about shooting niggas all the time if you talk about what you're going to do to somebody if you talk about your ability to use a gun if you're telling your story like Keezy said tell your story tell the reality of your environment but the glorification the braggadocious like you have to be careful you i think <laughs> tupac I, I i love tupac i was 16 when he died so i was in the hip-hop but i wasn't immersed enough to know his 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 worth you know what i mean but he mm-hmm. spoke death into his like he he talked about it a lot keezy when's the last time we seen a christian rapper die there's a lot of christian rappers there's a lot of rappers who rap about god damn they don't shoot at each other they're black damn that's crazy you know that what is, i mean yeah yeah you don't think Man, about that's crazy. It. I didn't even think of it like that until you actually See? brought it to my attention. That's crazy. See, they're black artists. They they it, it's the environment and the lack of resources who will make some so you're in and the reason why you get killed in your old city because that happens a lot. Bootsy made it famous because his ass is just so polarizing. But the reason why that happens is because he knows you, meaning he was sitting with you when you didn't have no money and y'all had to share a sandwich. Y'all had to share a sandwich and you cool, but you ain't all that. Now you on TV, hella jury on, you pull up to the hood in a $90,000 car. He like, wait a minute. This the dude that was sitting next to me. He, he didn't seem special. Fuck that. So now you become a steak. Not now you're like a meal. You, you, you pull up in an environment cause you want to keep it real because you love your people because this is where you're from. And you don't get that. They, some of them is like, I'm proud. 
The other ones is like, nigga, I just borrowed $10 from my mama. And you pull it up in this, look, with, with all this shining, you got the beautiful women with you. I got to have that by all means necessary. You know what I mean? So by this is all product, means necessary, man. So this is a product of our environments being as violent and being so deprived. So when we get a chance to talk, when we get a chance to get money, when we get, yeah, somebody's going to buy Gucci. Like, I don't get mad at you when you first get money and you just fuck it off. Well, that's kind of how it works. If I never had money, I want that car, that nice. Day. So you realize that it ain't worth shit. But initially, you'd be like, I want that. I want that. I want that. I never had it. I'm deprived. You know what I mean? So, Keezy, do, do me a favor, bro. Like, tell everybody if they wanted to get your music. If they want to get your clothing, if they want to follow your, if, if they want to follow your uh, movement, how do they get in touch with you? Well, super simple. You know, we live in a digital age. Follow me on Instagram at KXEZY, just like I would spell it on the screen right here. It's really just that simple. Just follow me. And the link in my bio is the link to everything. My music, um, an article to, you know, I an interview it. I did, mm -hmm. uh, my clothing. It's just really that simple. It's like mm -hmm. one, two, three. Mm -hmm. Click the button, go through the tabs. You want to listen to music? Click on the music. You want to buy some merch? Click on the website that goes to the merch. Mm -hmm. It's just really that simple. Just follow me on Instagram at KXEZY. Definitely, definitely. And brother makes interesting content. Not only is his music um, 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 tight and it sounds good, so I'm always about the quality of the sound before anything else so and i actually i harp on that so when someone speaks on it that that means a lot to me <laughs> so brother i i implore you bro to keep going bro like it's Thank life you. is always gonna be hard keezy it's always gonna be ups and downs and hurdles but that's what it takes that if you it's yeah. not gonna be easy bro it's it's not gonna be easy but the only thing you can do is turn like 35 and say you know what? Fuck this shit. I just had a baby. I just had another baby. You know what? I, I, I ain't going to do any of that. I'm going to just get this job at FedEx that paid me hella good. And I'm going to just ultimately you'll end up in the same position you are now where I'm not. That shit don't make me happy. So you got to keep grinding, bro. Everybody do me a favor. Follow his Instagram. Follow what he do. Black family. People who are creators. Yes, buy our clothes buy into our content and our way of thinking but sometimes you know the best thing you can do <laughs> and i tell you what this all the time you know the best thing you can do just hit somebody and be like hey good job i see you. man i'm gonna tell somebody i'm gonna share like some of this shit is a click of a button <laughs> But when there's when you're trying to get money from it, you're judging the level of commitment. You're judging how you're being quantified by the public. So sometimes somebody saying keep going, you might be like, "Whoa, that's all I needed." Now, now I'm ready to get up in there. You know what I mean? So everybody, man, for real, that goes a very long way for anyone yeah. that's creative or just doing something more. Mm -hmm. It goes a very long way. Saying yeah. that because I get every time, even when I get off stage. Or um, I'm at a pop-up pop event or whatever. Keep, man, when they say keep going, that really goes a long way for me personally. And like he said before, even simply just sharing the content, sharing the music, even if I don't see it on the screen, but you could tell people and they are followers, you know, they, they come out of nowhere and start following me, great. But also do share the content even on this screen on mm -hmm. the uh, digital side, share it, like it, comment. Cause you know, the algorithms right now on social media, it means a lot. So definitely share, comment and like, because the way Instagram is and the way TikTok is, and I can only speak for my people always and forever. Mm -hmm. They're trying to shadow ban a lot of people. Yes. Once they get to like a certain like number and they're popping, it's like, they don't want it to be seen to the general masses no more. They like mm -hmm. cut you off. And it's happened to a lot of people, even people I don't even know, but I've seen it happen and they speak on it. So yep. yeah. Yep. I'm just right. trying to elevate and I want to be able to and uh employ my people too, because that's really the overall goal. Once yep. I gain enough money, I can employ my people, my community. 
Yep, and that's and that's all it's about, bro. And keep on pushing. And we're gonna stay in contact, man. As long as you elevate, we're gonna always come back and have conversations. It'll be more of a regular conversation, so it won't be a interview format, but we'll just chop it up. We have similar mindsets, but this is what our community need, need to be about. Keezy, I'm all about love and bringing my brothers in and uniting. I'm not gonna front like I'm not hell on a coon, but we can repair you. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> I, I, I may not trust you, but but you in my village. I ain't gonna let them fuck you over, but we gotta have a talk, nigga. But we we all yeah, yeah, yeah. it. You know what I mean? I appreciate everybody for tuning into the show. This is the Melanated Combo Podcast. If you're listening to this on one of the digital platforms, leave a comment. Share the video. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. The digital market is my biggest market. Everybody on YouTube, continue to subscribe. Continue to share the video. I love y'all, man. This has been another episode of the Melanated Convo Podcast. We out.